The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi here, also known as James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan. Jedi Master Plo Koon. And many other characters in the world of Star Wars. You're listening to... Shh, don't tell. It's the Secrets of Star Wars. May the Force be with you. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 143. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hello there, everyone. I'm Mike Creevy, a.k.a. Old Ben, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Please be sure to share this podcast on Twitter and Facebook and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review. The Bad Batch is back. I was going to do the, like, I was going to tap my desk, like the Terminator, like, thing, you know, like, he's back. But they're all back. The Bad Batch is back. Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, brought us uh, the official premiere of The Bad Batch Season 2, which we've been anticipating for quite some time. So we're back in the saddle, as it were, with our fan favorite, Defective Clone Force 99, uh, our, our, our favorites, Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Echo, Omega. And uh, though Crosshair isn't on the scene yet, he's no doubt just around the corner. So uh, we're going to unpack this two-episode premiere, episodes uh, uh, 201 and 202, as they're coded here. And uh, with me to do that is, first up, Catherine Laffrey. How are you doing, Catherine? Good. Oh, glad to have you. And, and also, this is now my first time with both of these gentlemen. Ryan Nafziger, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. Good. This is exciting. Uh, and Chris Hagen, uh, lastly, joining us here today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Ready to talk Star Wars. Yeah, and, and a special welcome to you. It's your, your first time uh, on the show, I understand. So glad yes. to have you. <laughs> we've had, we've, it's funny, we've had this, uh, this growing of our, uh, of our show's family this year, and it's, it's just been really exciting to, uh, to get to know everybody a little bit better and looking forward to a lot more Star Wars to come this year. So one thing I, w- I wish we had done was, in retrospect, like a uh, things we're looking forward to in 2023 with Star Wars show. But I mean, it, we're already doing it sort of where it's already here. So <laughs> it'll, it'll unpack. But maybe I'll just ask you guys that. Is there a particular show for 2023 you're most excited for? If it's this one, that's fine. So <laughs> This one was a close second for me. It's Ahsoka for me. Oh, OK. Ahsoka. Yeah. Same for you, Catherine. Oh, yes, definitely Ahsoka. Yeah. I just that that one seems like that's I don't want to I don't want to say get my hopes up. I, I, it's it's going to be great no matter what. I always enjoy, but I, I feel like that's the one that they're really teasing as this really big crossover for all kinds of different you know eras and everything. So that's going to be fun. And I haven't seen an official release date for that yet. I've seen a lot of speculation that that's going to be like the fall one, or I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> But but for now, of course, we're here to talk uh, uh, Bad Batch. And I thought I'd just ask you guys before we get into uh, the synopses, which I think I'm just going to do. If you're all right with, it, I thought we could just do a really uh, brief sort of synopsis for the first episode, then kind of unpack it and then do the second one like that, too. But um, just first impressions coming in as far as, you know, what you guys were hoping for or how you've um, how you've enjoyed the first season of, of Bad Batch and, and sort of getting ready for this one. What, what do you thinking about going into this well uh for me i was hoping uh the season premiere would start out with um some juicy cameos um a little bit more of the mystery of what's going on with um the cloning and such so it it didn't provide that it was for me what felt like just a very um good but basic bad batch mission story Mm -hmm. how about you Catherine? any any thoughts? I was loving seeing the uh, upped intensity and in color. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's getting a little more lively. Yeah. I remember it's like looking at all their uniforms going, was it really that color in the first season? Right. It just, yeah, everything was just more vibrant. So made it more exciting. Yeah, sure. How about you, Ryan? 
The first thing that I realized, besides the colors, um, I'm not sure why, I get the impression that they're slowly having to re-kit their uniforms as things fall apart. But um, the first <laughs> the first impression I got was Omega is growing up and she is becoming a much more um, active and important member of the crew. I mean, she was oh, yeah. swinging around all over the place and yeah, really... She's she doesn't have those noodle arms that Sid talked about right. last for a uh, first season. She can shoot now, which is which is fun to yeah. see. Well, I mean, it, I don't think it's uh, it's too much of a stretch to say that like that very first opening mission pretty much was saved just kind of by her entirely, mm-hmm. <laughs> like right right out the gate. So, were you guys surprised that that was the very first scene? I I kind of wasn't myself. Just that seems to be how they do it with those promos. You know, they don't want to give too much away. I kind of liked it because it means that they didn't give anything away, really. I mean, there's only a sure. few other scenes besides that entire sequence that they've even shown, which is great. Right. I agree. Right. Yeah. And that's that's something that's, I think, been very well done with uh, especially Bad Batch, because yeah, like there were things season one, like they showed like a. You saw a quick clip of Fennec Shand, you know, which was cool. And you're like, oh, she's in there, but you don't know how she's going to fit in. And, you know, um, well, I'll tell you, well, let me do the uh, quick little breakdown here. Uh, just just a real rough sketch synopsis. Um, I was telling everyone for our listeners, I was telling everyone before we started, I had some hiccups with our two and a half year old Renata. She was, let's just say, not very inclined to participate uh, this evening in <laughs> It's in bedtime. So uh, I didn't get to my some of my last minute polishing of my prep as much as I like to. But the basic breakdown for this episode one of season two, Spoils of War, followed by episode two, Ruins of War, which we'll get to in a moment, um, is that we you know catch up with the batch. I didn't see any real clear um, indication of how much time has passed here, but I, I feel like it's a few months you know, like it doesn't seem like it's a year quite, you know, they're definitely um, they have some some missions under their belt. They have been at this for a while. Omega's basically being homeschooled by tech, which is kind of pretty awesome. Um, and they're, of course, on this uh, this mission on the beach that we saw in the uh, the trailer, like we were just talking about being chased by giant crabs, which is pretty terrifying. Um, but they, they pull off this narrow escape and they go back. And uh, they get another mission from Sid, and this is where we we get her kind of indicating that the path that they've been on isn't going to get them where they ultimately need to be. And this is something I I really want to get into with you guys more and see your thoughts on this. This, I think a lot of people are talking about, like, what are we going to do? Goes back to kind of uh, uh, what you were saying too earlier, Chris, like, what are we going to do to get beyond as much as we love the sort of week to week adventure? You know, how do we sort of expand this to where? they really are able to be on their way to something different, you know, or maybe find a deeper mission. Um, But they find out that they have this opportunity to get their hands on some of Count Dooku's war chest by going back to the home planet of Count uh, Dooku, which is pretty chilling uh, back to Sereno, seeing his off, you know, I don't know if his office, his lair, maybe is a better word. (laughs) Um, But of course they go there, trouble ensues. uh, And it's, it's really, you know, pretty in, intense there's some good twists and turns throughout it but but kind of like chris had said earlier not a whole lot of totally uncharted territory it's, it was just a it seemed like a fun kind of bad batch uh getting into a tight spot and are they going to be able to get out of it kind of cliffhanger ending so uh that's just the real rough sketch overview so um is anything you guys want to you know jump in here on as far as the mission itself or Perhaps Wanda Sykes' mysterious pirate character that we, <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of detail on. I can't remember her name either. I have to look it up here now. Maybe one of you guys has it. I don't know. No, I'll, I kept looking for that one. Couldn't find it. I'll find it here somewhere, yeah. But jumping back to the crab chase. Oh, my goodness. I First of all, to me, Omega seems at least a year older. Yeah. She reminds me of like my favorite age group to teach and coach. And that's like that seventh, eighth grade age group Yeah, where the girls just start to change a little drastically and get a little older, a little stronger, a little faster. She's the tweener, but I loved kinda. how you could. <laughs> yeah. And I loved how you could see her um, planning ahead, strategizing what she was going to do, because as soon as she saw, 
how the crab stuck and cover her shot. She ended up using that later as a ramp yes. to get out of the way. And it was just like, that was just awesome. I loved seeing her do that. And then, of course, <laughs> she's fishing, which made me throw back to the old clones later on in Rebels when they're fishing for, what is it, Chupa or whatever? Yes. <laughs> it just felt like, oh, all clones like to fish. <laughs> that makes sense. How about you guys? Well, I noticed that the crab armor... um seem to be able to withstand blaster shots. And I was thinking, why hasn't the Empire harvested these crab and put all that armor in there? <laughs> Stormtrooper armor, uh, it would seem to be more effective. I hadn't thought of that. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, Carapace clone armor would be pretty cool looking. <laughs> well, makes you wonder if this was a... I don't know if we caught what planet it is, but it reminds me of Scarif. You know, and I'm like, did they have to you know, clear crabs like that out? later on or something or is it a similar environment it makes you wonder i wonder if they're a uh, nod off to the big crab-like crustaceans in um the dark crystal oh right i totally forgot about has uh, has sqpn done a sequence of the dark crystal yet because they they totally yes, we should. recorded that, it okay. already <laughs> yeah oh my goodness but I, I missed the boat on that one I, that's that is a I think it was, wasn't that like a, like a Jim Henson type thing? The creature shop, I think did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yep. That was all Jim Henson. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know what it is like, the, you know, um, any of the, the sort of old guard on, on uh, secrets of star Wars hearing this episode, will just laugh because I, you know, I've mentioned before, I'm not like a spider guy crabs. I, for some reason I'm more okay with them. I don't know why, but at some point it does get kind of creepy. Like all, there's a lot of action, you know, all those legs go. <laughs> So, my goodness. But, um, so they, of course, they get out of here. Uh, they just barely, narrowly escape it. I like text line about, you know, they're like, what's, why is, what does he say? The counter's like, why is Omega hanging from the ship? And he's like, it's an unscheduled study break. <laughs> just casually throw that out there. But, uh, what do you guys, th- do you have any, I don't know if you have any guesses. I mean, they didn't give us a lot, but her name, by the way, it's Fee Genoa. Fee Genoa, like, uh, like the Genoa salami, I guess, um, which I, I did There's buy, but I didn't. They're, they're right. I didn't put a name in. I just grabbed it off the shelf this time around. So I didn't have fun with it. But uh, do you guys I mean, she's clearly an acquaintance of, of Sid. Sid has all kinds of contacts, as we know. Um, I keep waiting for Hondo to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what do you guys think about about her? Do you have any any thoughts on her? Any guesses yet or not enough information? Well, Wanda Sykes was the only voice that could deliver the line quality control. <laughs> yes. It's just awesome. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Wanda Sykes. <laughs> she was perfect for that. I love the way she's calling them all out and this time text the, uh, in the hot seat there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I thought of was she looked very similar aesthetically to the last time we saw Saw Gerrera in Bad Batch season one, but I know that that's yeah. not possible right she couldn't be she couldn't be saw's sister because she saw's died sister, yeah. in she died yeah. in clone wars um you're gonna bring in another relative or something maybe i don't know it is it, the designs very similar yes the the second cousin of saw guerrera <laughs> yeah i can't what was it was stila i think was her name the sister yes saw's sister. Stila, I yeah think. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, let me, because she, I'm going to look it up now too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't uh, know. One commentary on the episode I I read um, pointing out that, that the first shot we see of her, she's got her boots up on Sid's desk. Yeah. Kind of showing who's boss right away. And we haven't seen Sid in a, I think a subservient position yet in her enterprise. Right. Certainly not in her own office. <laughs> yeah, the last time you know. that happened, it kind of didn't end well for the guy who tried it. Right. Yeah, what was, what was that guy's name, that Deveronian? I, I can't remember anybody's names tonight. Uh, but uh, uh, Something Durant. Roland? It was Ro- yeah, Ro- Roland, Roland Durant. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he lost his horn. <laughs> or one, one of them. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I saw her in the, you know, we saw her in the trailer, I think, or there was somewhere along the line I heard that she was going to be in here. But like, if you look her up on Wikipedia, of course, right as of now, it just says she's a female human pirate and associate of Sid. So, 
you know how Wikipedia is. They, they fill it in as we go, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this is interesting. And I, I want to kind of through this, get into this thing that then echo brings up on the ship too. It's, it's this, uh, you know, we see a little bit of, first of all, you know, Hunter of course says, no, it's too dangerous. And then we see lo and behold, his team is taking votes now. Right. So <laughs> little, little anarchy here, but, uh, what, what do you guys, you know, I, I really want to kind of, you know, get your thoughts on this, this broader mission or this broader sort of, um, not mission, but, um, well, yes. Yeah. Their, their mission, their place in the galaxy. And, and maybe, I don't know, any thoughts, you know, on, on where you kind of want to see it go or hope it goes, you know, what you think would be the right course for them to take, you know, just, just thought we could chat about that for a little bit. Because that's clearly going to be coming up <laughs> more through this show. It's interesting how they seem a lot like uh, three men and a little lady, although it's four. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's that family vibe you get from them, which is a nice little Star Wars theme. But yeah. seeing them kind of going behind Dad's back and voting against Hunter on that, that was an interesting family dynamic to kind of play in there. Yeah. There seems to be um, a shift from season one where uh, we're a a thrown together family and we're just trying to survive. And right off the bat here at season two, Sid is pointing out to them, you know, this is not going to work. You just keep doing these jobs and and just making enough to get by. You've got a future to think about now. And so now they're a family that has uh, Omega as sort of the child that needs to have a future. Right. And so maybe season two is shifting towards what's that future going to look like? Yeah, when I when I so for context, when I watched uh, Bad Batch season two, I watched it with my sister, who is a massive Star Wars fan. She actually learned the Star Wars script and. Oh, nice. Yeah. To read it, which I was like, whoa, <laughs> I mean, she could, she could be our official show Arabesh translator or mm. something if we, if, we need, if we need to figure stuff out. Yeah. The, the lore master uh, anyways. But when I was talking about it with her, she said, yeah, I don't really want to see. Um, I don't really want to see the Bad Batch meet up with any of any of our known rebel conspirators in the galaxy other than Rex. And I was thinking about that and I was like, yeah, it would be a bit weird if the Bad Batch ended up just turning into, you know, rebel cell 99 or something like that. Right. So I'm not sure if they're going to go that direction, but I don't think it would work necessarily. I'm not sure. And it was Echo, right, who was who was talking about wanting to, you know, fight. We need to do something. Yeah. That was Echo, right? Yeah, because yeah, because because uh, Omega was up in her room, so she overheard it because he was saying, if I remember correctly, because yeah, so she, he said it's because of of Omega that we're in this life, which he didn't so much mean as a. I think she took it as as a an insult or like, or she's a burden, and that's not as, as he says later. I think in the, the next episode, right? You know, it's, it's the right choice. You know, it, it, it's it's not that he's saying that, but he's kind of by extension, I think, seeing this bigger picture and saying like we have to do more. There's other people who need us besides her as well. So yeah, I think it seems like the biggest difference seems to be between him and hunter at least that, that's my take on it you know um i don't know about wrecker and tech yet I mean, well they were voting against hunter here so they, they seem to be siding more with echo but um, you can tell hunter is definitely trying to shelter and protect omega yeah. where tech is trying to teach her everything she needs to know just in case and right you know and so is um echo trying to make sure she's ready to defend and fight in case they need to. I feel like Hunter would be happy to find a little quiet place somewhere that no one's going to find and just mm-hmm. lay low. Yeah. And it just really makes it like from a perspective of vocation here. Like it's really interesting too. like the, the vocational discernment of clone force 99, I think is going to be a recurring <laughs> theme here for us on our, you know, our Catholic star Wars show. Here. But I, I do wonder, cause I've written down a couple places, different things like this that keep coming up. Like what does, what does freedom look like for them? You know, and it, like you just said, Catherine, is it the lay low and hide and, you know, not be killed or, or that difference between surviving and thriving? And, and yeah, it's an interesting, it's a dynamic I'm interested to see. Interested to see how Rex plays into that as well, because mm. we definitely know he's going to give them something to do. And I, I do, um, 
I'm one of those people that that wants there to be some kind of, you know, Grogu crossover <laughs> without it like dominating the show, you know. So that's that's that was one of my I don't know, it, it's I, I hesitate to I don't want to go down this road too far, but with Andor, which I did thoroughly enjoy, uh, I was just telling my wife the other day, I said there's just something about like I all Star Wars, even Star Wars that I don't really care for that much or particular movies or shows or whatever that are like not my favorite. I always come away delighted. There's always like a, a sense of delight. And I never felt that once <laughs> personally because because Andor wasn't meant to be that like it's not the kind of show, you know, that really generated that. So that felt just kind of I don't know that I was disappointed. I was just it just it was different. And I was kind of missing that. So like I, I'm I'm happy to have that back in a sense with this. Um, and so that's where I I personally look forward to, you know, those crossovers. I'm I'm someone who doesn't mind fan service, quote unquote. Um, but by the same token, like like I I am like I said very um, curious to see where they're gonna go with developing this more beyond just just the kind of mission per week thing that they've been doing. Um, but with that in mind, <laughs> what do you guys think of the return to Sereno? Were you expecting to to go back to Count Dooku's old stomping grounds? I'm surprised that <laughs> I'm surprised that all the clones we saw were basically just on manual labor duty, <laughs> right? <laughs> just moving was, stuff around. Well, who else you know? was right? Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot to collect. Apparently, yeah, evidently. <laughs> yeah, so, you think this is what two, three years after he's dead, and they're just now finishing collecting yeah. everything? That was a lot of loot. Yeah. The last of it to go. That's maybe why some of those containers are actually there's like a lot of space in them. Apparently, still they can walk around and. Um, but I, I, it was interesting too to see th- this uh, guy that we'll, we'll see a little bit more. This uh, clone trooper was it Wilco, like you know, Captain or Commander Wilco? Now was he? I, I didn't get a chance to go back and check on him. Was he previously seen before, like in Clone Wars or anything? No, this is his first appearance. It didn't ring a bell. Okay, and. And ostensibly his last, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen <laughs> episode two of season two of Bad Batch, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, so um, the, the batch, of course, has, as usual, this perfect plan that, you know, should work. And then lo and behold, they uh, get locked in the container while Wrecker and uh, Hunter are out. Tech and Echo and, and Omega get locked in the container. It starts going out. And how about... Uh, you know, Omega's schooling coming back right away <laughs> to to give her that uh, that information about the boosters that that's you know clearly this was all just an elaborate test by tech you know to right. make sure she knew <laughs> yeah I pulled it off quite well I was a little annoyed that you know it's funny like I'm I'm one of those guys where like they're escaping through the the uh, container ship with they still have that chest of loot and everything, and then that one turn comes where they're pinned down and they have to leave it behind. And I'm always like, keep come on, like you <laughs> keep pulling the thing, you know. But no, they they leave it behind. <laughs> I had hope because then they went into the container, you know, as they jettisoned them all. So I thought, okay, well they have a lot more containers now. But even so, that. They did drop the spice that one time, so they do have a history of dropping important containers. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is this is not the first time that this has (laughs) gone south for them. But uh, I just feel bad for for uh, for Wrecker that like no matter what happens or where they end up, he always has to be dealing with his his fear of heights. Like time, and for some reason, it, it's like it never gets old because it always is like it fits, you know. But uh, I do, I genuinely feel sorry for him <laughs> with how routinely that comes up. <laughs> I love as the ship's getting higher. This isn't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then they get, and I love the the little bit like when they're in, you know, Dooku's lair there, and like you know, just every, I, I just, I love their interaction, and I, I, we keep saying this over and over again. Like I just can't believe. D. Bradley Baker's talent to be able to, be, you know, just to be all of these guys, you know, and, and recording all of this. And it just works so well. But I love when, like, Hunter's desperately trying to, like, figure the controls out for the lift. <laughs> and he's just, like, Wrecker's criticizing me. He's like, it's usually tech doing this. You know, like, give me a break. I'm not, I'm not the guy who's supposed to be doing this. 
So, uh, and of course, Wrecker's solution, as always, is, you know, just smash it. He's, you know, like the Hulk smash. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. I have to confess, when they were in Dooku's throne room, I was, I was scouring the walls and the floor for lightsaber marks from the yeah. last time that there was a fight in there. I was like, man, are they going to put him in? I didn't see any, but but I, I was I was gonna just be over the moon if I saw you know a a, a, a lightsaber mark here or there. I mean, you'd think. I, I mean, he's, he's got a. I don't know. Maybe the the cleanup crew came through early and you know took them all out. I don't know. The service must be amazing. There were several fights yeah. in there too. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. No trace of it whatsoever. But this is you know like we were saying earlier. Like there's now of course you have. You know, back to to Omega and and uh, and Echo and Tech hurtling down into the forest for those you know, waiting for the the rocket boosters to kick in, which of course don't yet. And then we get basically to the credits, and that's you know there's there's more in this episode, of course. But I I think like you know uh, back to again look what Chris was saying earlier. You know, it's fun, but there's you know there wasn't any huge reveal. There wasn't a giant you know like what's going on with Nala Say and the whole cloning thing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's like no. Kind of a bad batch mission, and Omega's, you know, more established kind of in in her um her her skills, but she has this tension. So I it seems like it was setting that up, and I I definitely was happy they released it with this second episode because I I felt like it. I don't know there would have been a letdown, but I think the second episode really was needed to kind of carry it through. So um so the quick summary of of course the second episode we pick back up with them in the middle of this mission. They uh. They land successfully on the edge of a cliff in this container of Dooku's loot. I love it was an echo who says, you know, he pops out and looks and he's like, we still haven't landed. They're hanging off the cliff there down to the tree and stuff, you know, stuck there. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Jurassic Park, you know, with the uh, the Land Rover down in the tree <laughs> sort of stuck thing. So you have that little tension, of course, still there. But um, really, I think this episode really seemed to revolve around, of course, um, the three of them. Tech, of course, being wounded. Him in his, his very Egon Spengler style, rational sort of description of his broken femur <laughs> was was pretty funny. But they link up with this guy. I have his name here. Uh, Romar. 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 Or Romer, yeah, Romer Adele. I was kind of waiting to find out he was like a Dooku relative. It looks kind of like him, you know, but uh, he's this uh, local, of course, who ends up helping them out. And then we get a little more uh, uh, lore here about Dooku's rise to power. We can get into that in a minute. Um, but then you have Hunter and uh, uh, Wrecker continuing their escape, being pursued by Wilco and the other troopers. Some pretty cool, uh, you know, on sort of. Um, uh, on the spot thinking, you know, Wrecker has uh, he's teased for not being the brightest bulb, but that was a pretty awesome uh, discovery he made finding the, <laughs> you know, making a, 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 a cannon portable for him to be able to carry around. That's a cool thing. Totally an action figure uh, uh, promo for sure. Um, and of course, you know, they, they uh, eventually make it back to the ship after a lot of close calls. We have this great sidebar. Uh, going on with Omega and, and Echo, right? Trying to connect a little bit more. Echo's trying to, you know, protect her, and, and she's still uh, wanting to make up in, in her mind for for this, you know, putting them on this path. And she's very determined to go get this treasure. And Echo's telling her, just you know, let it go, or or you know, we'll, we'll have to get to, get to safety first. This kind of thing. Uh, she of course goes out on her own, attempts to get it. He goes after her. Uh, we have some some fighting that ensues, of, of course, in there. Uh, but but a good, I think, wrap up with uh, at the end of the episode with Echo and Omega of him getting her to let go. Right. Like very uh, Indiana Jones and Sean Connery kind of, <laughs> just think of that two reaching, reaching for the chalice. Right. Um, and then, of course, they gather together. They escape. Romar stays there on Sereno with uh, he mentions other survivors we don't see. Um, but. Uh, that's basically where we leave off. I'm going to hold off on that last scene, maybe till the end with uh, Rampart, because that was pretty cool. But maybe jumping back with some of that, anything you guys wanted to dig into with with any of those things or something else, some of those other themes from the, the, the plot for this episode. Well, another great actor giving an awesome voice with uh, 
Hector, uh, is it Elizondo? Elizondo, yeah. He's oh one of those guys gosh, that he sounds so voice. familiar, and it's like, who is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had just enough change to his voice that you had to go, wait, is that really him? <laughs> and then, yeah, just like perfect for that character. I loved yeah. him in so many movies he's done, especially I have three daughters, so you know, big time into uh, Princess Diaries. I knew you were and, going for yeah, that's my wife's yeah, favorite so one. So it's just him. You know, hearing his voice, especially when he's talking to Omega, mm-hmm. giving her the toy. It's a toy. And then all of yeah. a sudden he had like Geppetto vibe from him. And right. it was kind of cool. <laughs> Did that remind you guys, by the way, a little bit of just, you know, sometimes you forget. We forget, I think, with the batch that she's still this kid who's never had a childhood, you know, and then like when she's playing ball with the kids um, on Saluka, was it Saluka Mai, I think like the second or third episode of season one, and she like doesn't know how to play, you know, it's so, so tragic. And the toy he gave her meant a lot to me as a kid, because I had um, my godfather was a stained glass artist and he had oh, made wow. me a kaleidoscope with an old uh, carousel horse pipe and stained wow. glass wheels at the end of it. So it's kind of like, oh, let me think of my childhood. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about you guys? Any <clears throat> Anything in those, those themes or other themes? So what I noticed with Romar, he was adamant that uh, this war chest, these spoils, are, I'm not interested in these. And yeah. it wasn't until my second watch through that what he was interested in was he brought out this uh, storage device uh, to hold their culture. And what was important to him to recover was his culture. Hmm. Uh, And that put me in mind of John Paul II's emphasis on the importance of culture and his choice to resist Nazi occupation through cultural avenues. Right. Um, and which which got him a lot of, of criticism sometimes from some, I think some of his friends or other people who were like well, we should be out there you know getting rifles and joining the army or whatever and, and his his point being that that's not the only path <laughs> you know reminded of Hera um, with her oh my goodness I don't know what it's called I'm sorry can't remember her family totem yes yeah yeah um, that, the Calicori yes the, the Calicori, Calicori yeah. thank you um, that she had to recover and then recover again from Thrawn uh, in Rebels um, because uh, I, I was it was something that I kind of realized that you know we see all of these planets in Star Wars and we'll usually only see them for a few hours of screen time and mm-hmm. sometimes only as theaters for a battle but then you have all of these native people who live there and uh oh my goodness remind remind me of his name uh uh in this this romar Uh, Romar, Romar. thank you uh uh, romar didn't even think of himself as a separatist because right he he wasn't he just lived there it's it's a bit like you know i don't i doubt that all the twi'leks on ryloth think of themselves as freedom fighters they just live there right um and I think that was a, that was just an interesting thing because, in a way, um, when I watched it, I was like, "Who's he gonna be? You know, who's he gonna be associated right. with in the grand scheme of Star Wars?" And it's like, no, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's he's just a regular person who has a treasure yeah. he's protecting. Seeing the realization in tech of there was lives and people before the Separatist. This is all before Tech's life. He didn't exist right. before the Separatists. Right. These guys are so like, it's 10 like years one of those old. things where it's like, wait, there's yeah, there's a yeah. whole world out there before war. Yeah. It's a bit of homeschooling for tech. Right. Yeah, I forget the the yeah, the line where he said something like, you know, we did exist before the war. You know, and he's like, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> you know. Um that's yeah, and it's it's fascinating because you see the same, you know, we talked about, I, I was talking about this, um, I, I forget if it was the, let me just check, I think it was the Andor, no, it um, it was when we did the um, episode a couple weeks ago, Jason and I were, were talking about New Year's resolutions, like Star Wars character New Year's resolutions, we talked about um, Saw, you know, quite a bit, and and it's just interesting to, to look at this, you know, the different journeys that people make you know when they've been through some you know traumatic experience or, or certainly in a 
warfare environment where, you know, it's, it's so personal, you know, and this is, you know, these, these guys have had, you know, friends die in these conflicts and that it's so easy to just, uh, sympathize in a sense or to, to understand, um, this, this, you know, separatists, you know, and we saw that in the first season a little bit when they went back to, um, um, why can't man i can't remember any names of any places today it's been a today. long week goodness gracious the capital for the uh the separatists it starts with uh, an r goodness gracious raxus prime raxus yeah, yeah. <laughs> goodness gracious yeah all the all the uh the listeners right now are like get this guy off the microphone <laughs> it's rack they're, they're yelling this is why we don't do this live folks no or at least we do it once a year live um no yeah so when, but when that episode where they go um and and meet up with the senator and there's all these especially with echo i felt like there were these moments of maybe because he had been a reg you know i don't know but but just the that that attitude like how do we what do we do now with the fact that like the army we fought for is now something completely different that's after us you know and then there's these guys who were the bad guys but like they were completely manipulated it turns out that it was all the guy that was running our <laughs> our side in the first place that made the war, you know, or how much of that they even really know. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a neat theme to keep bringing back. You know, how do you journey through this, you know, and potentially become uh, new allies? It's a good juxtaposition between the two treasures as well. Um, mm-hmm. Where where the, the biggest yeah. treasure was just all of the memories of his entire life and livelihood yeah, um, and all of his presumably friends and family. And Omega just didn't let me think here. It wasn't really Omega who didn't seem to get it. It was more tech and echo who didn't particularly yeah. seem to get it because I realize now that they really were they, in a way they do have a distinct culture and family and, you know, society with with all of their clone brothers but they really don't in the same way as you know any any other person really would so it's very difficult for them to understand that as as a thing worth a treasure you know yeah their roots would be very shallow (laughs) sure yeah Yeah. and it's interesting because at the moment they're trying to recover his treasured archive is when omega takes off to find the treasure yeah. that she thinks will be the thing to redeem and save her family. Right. Because she still has Echo's words in her head, and she's a typical teenage girl trying to fix the problem as best she can. And so she's she's off trying to say, hey, like, this will help us. I'm going to go get it, and everything will be okay, and we can move on. And she's well, she doing, seemed doing like... that at the same time that they're looking for that treasure archive. So Right. No, yeah, she, she see like when they first went in the container and like, you know, she, it's the concept of, of chests of treasure. Cause they were saying like, you know, look for something shiny and heavy and like that kind of, like she, she doesn't really get it at all. And the idea of commerce and, and, you know, like, like she's never had money and, and like, it, it's all new to her. And that was something I think that was interesting too. the once she was kind of on that path, it's like, no, we need this. Cause you told me this is important. <laughs> like yesterday or like earlier today why why now is it not so yeah that you can kind of appreciate her confusion too <laughs> um how about jumping over real quick just to um to hunter and wrecker um that was a fun matchup i'm trying to think i don't know how how much the two of them were paired up you know kind of in the first season but um that's the other thing that's fun about this i think is is how they all have this different kind of chemistry and camaraderie with each other. Uh, again, all being voiced by the same dude. So that's like, he must be really fun to be just, you know, in a car ride with, uh, was, was something I kept thinking about, you know, but, um, what did you guys think about their, their sort of the pursuit there? And was there, was there anything in particular that you enjoyed about their attempts to get away? Well, it, it always seems an unfair fight where they're using stun all the time and the regs are using live, I don't know, live <laughs> blasters and such. And uh, 
I was waiting to see what would happen when Wrecker picked up the cannon, because, of course, that's not for stunning. Right. And uh, <laughs> he used it to knock out the V-Wing, which would have killed whoever was in it. But then a lot of the other times he still aimed at um, the rocks nearby yeah. or the ground. Right. And used it more to intimidate rather than uh, kill. Right. My theory is that Gonky yeah, I kept decided... looking for that. Was... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Ryan. I was going to say, my theory is that Gonky decides whether or not it's a murder day or a not murder day at the beginning of the day, because clearly there are times when they use live rounds and there are times when they don't. And there isn't a consistency. He just flips a coin. Yeah, they flip Gonky they over and whether or not he can get right. up is how they find out. Record does. It's like that that bottle challenge. The kids are some of the kids are still doing. It's like if he lands on his feet. Oops. Flip the Gonky. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> That'll be another thing that that shows up on like um on the uh, the whole like the robot chicken Star Wars or yes. something. <laughs> if they address that. Oh my goodness. That was so it was it was so funny that they I had to give them credit for trying to just take the tanks in the first place cuz you know they look at them and they hop in and I'm like, "Well." And they're both just so disappointed, you know, like, "Nah, this one's not, this one's dead." But I, I do wonder about the the stun thing, you know, because that came up first season. Do you guys think like it? it I don't know if if there's, I don't like the clones are are basically commissioned from the from the start to go against this droid army, which you know, I mean, from just a family friendly storytelling standpoint, I always thought that it was a very <laughs> helpful thing to basically have at least one whole side of the 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 fight in this. Largely children's show, supposedly be, you know, inanimate toasters, basically. But but the uh, I wonder, like now that they're up exclusively almost against people, you know, and and very frequently guys that they would have potentially served alongside. That does seem to be a. A central thing, I don't think they've actually talked about it, though, have, have you heard them say, you know, these are our brothers, let's use stun. I, I haven't they've never shown it on screen. It. Yeah. And I was waiting for the regs to say, why are they using stun this whole time? Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And like, is, is that worth thinking about? I, I do think it's interesting um, to, to kind of contemplate the rest of them, you know, on their journey, because that's something maybe, let me just throw uh, the, this, maybe the end scene out here quick then while we're at it, because the, of course, this interaction, we see Rampart get off his, I think he got off a shuttle, right? I don't remember if it was off a shuttle or not, but he's there. And uh, Wilco's doing the dutiful soldier thing and telling his boss, who he unfortunately trusts, that uh, surely enough, it's Clone Force 99. Rampart tells him that can't be possible because they were, of course, wiped out on Kamino. And he says he got visual confirmation. And then Rampart, of course, coolly just tells him we're going to change the report. And I was wondering, I kind of thought I knew where it was going, but that was like really really cold <laughs> just totally cold-blooded like sir i will not falsify a report and just him saying that like he didn't hesitate like he really not for long he just he thought about it and he's like i've just been given a direct order to falsify a report and i will not do that and it may it, i mean there's so much in play with this right there's the good good soldiers follow orders mantra but like you know, as an army vet myself, I just, you know, sometimes people don't know that it is, you know, you're re- you're required to disobey an, you know, an illegal order. I don't know if that was in the clone training. <laughs> it didn't apply to Order 66, apparently. But uh, this does seem to be something that's going to be a theme. I think you see in the trailer a little bit, too, that we're going to start seeing at least some clones resist some of this stuff. So, uh. What was going through your guys' mind as, as that scene's unfolding? <laughs> Did you see what was coming? I felt like I could definitely see what was coming with that one, just the way he was standing and knowing that when he mentioned if any, you know, who do you say? If, uh, who who finds out about this? Tarkin. If Tarkin, yeah. if Tarkin <laughs> finds out about this, that'll be a problem. I guess if Tarkin's as soon as your he boss. Said that, I'm like, oh, he is going <laughs> to kill him. He just knew it was going to happen. But, uh, then again, to me, it answered the question of why we never hear anything about them later on. Mm. They're continually being covered up as being gone. Yeah. 
as far as the Empire's view is, or at least as long as he can stay alive to kill everybody off, who knows? But right. it lets you see also how much they think of the uh, the CTs as disposable. Mm. If they're just going to follow rules and follow orders and not think the way we want them to, then eh, we don't need this one. Do you guys Mike, know? If- you, oh, go ahead. You, you described uh, the scene as cold, and in my notes I had said it was chilling, so mm. I definitely agree with you there. Um, they didn't show Wilco's body on the ground. They showed it plummeting. Yeah. And I, I, it makes and me when you're think fall, that... when you um, fall in Star Wars, you survive. I wasn't thinking of that, but... Oh, no, no, no. Fortunately, now I have to because that is what happens in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, it made me think, and I kind of hope that the trajectory of the series tells the story of what you know is going to happen to all the clones. Yeah, um, the, the Empire clearly does not value them, and and seeming to uh, see Wilco's body plummet like that, I, I think his fate yeah. is the first of many. Well, and that was, I, I made a point, I think, at the end of that just brilliant four-episode Clone Wars Season 7 arc at the end, when, when you know, Vader goes over and you just have the helmets of, of the Ahsoka troopers, you know, in the snow. And that last shot that's just so amazing as it's zooming in on the helmet, you just see him reflected in the visor as he's walking away. And I think the comment I made at the time was I just thought that was so artistic and so genius, the idea of, like, all that the clone army was four was to basically get you a vader or get you the you know just basically this end result of this kind of of empire and now they're just you know whatever we don't need them anymore and now you're just seeing that unfold even more um and i did correct me if i'm wrong but i think cody's in the trailer right you know commander cody i think is coming and we know rex will be in here somewhere so i'm i'm wondering about cody if he's because we don't see him like in rebels or anything we we know Gregor, we know um, uh, 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 Rex, and who was the third one? Um, Wolf? Wolf, yeah, yeah. But I don't. We haven't seen. I I don't seen Wolf. I don't think in a while. <laughs> so they brought they brought Gregor, and I thought brilliantly last season. He's one of my favorites. He's so quirky, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, I, I, what do you guys say? I mean, we the only other that I can think of the only other kind of older clone trooper. Was was that brilliant um, cameo right in the Obi Wan series <laughs> with the uh, you know the homeless vet kind of feel thing you yes. know ten years now in the future with uh, actually having um, having um, I'm terrible with names tonight oh my gosh I just I just turned thirty nine the other day and my friends are teasing me that like you know oh man. It's gonna, it's gonna go downhill from here. <laughs> it's, it's clearly middle age. Goodness gracious! But uh, well, no worries. You got a lot of years left. Don't worry. That's that's good. That's good to know. But um, anyway, but yeah. So I, I it, there's you know, and you hear the rumors all the time. You know that um, that we're actually gonna see like um, um, live action. You know, Tim Morrison showing up in. Um, see, I got it. Showing Thanks. up in. Uh, in in uh, you know Ahsoka as Rex and all that, and I totally think they should do that. But um, but yeah, it, it it brings up a question. I'm a roundabout way of asking this question. Do you guys know? Like, is there anything canon? Because I can't think of it about the uh, uh, age acceleration with the clones. Like, is it does it slow down? Like, you know, you accelerate them so that they're at fighting age, but then from there they age at a regular rate, or is it like these guys are going to look like they're sixty when they're 12 like the the robin williams jack movie that came out in the 90s you guys remember (laughs) you know so so, but i don't i don't know if that's something that's actually been kind of hinted at or not like that aspect of it like their actual like the aging of them that's the one question i've always wondered (laughs) yeah i was talking about this with my with my family after watching it all together um i i saved it to watch with my family and my dad and my sister, we were all talking about, like, they're going to have to come up with some sort of explanation why there are no clones in the original trilogy. Like, yeah. and they haven't really said anything about that. And what we and what me and my sister thought of was they all have inhibitor chips in them. What if there's a kill switch? 
Oh, so Yikes. we were we were we were <laughs> thinking about that, that. <laughs> and we we had a theory <laughs> oh, that boy. maybe maybe we're going to see a clone rebellion at some point. Maybe we're going to see a bunch mm. of clones say we're done. And that's what happens. And that's the other reason why if you don't have you have to take your inhibitor chip out at some point or else either you're part of the Empire and eventually you got mm. decommissioned. And that would make sense because that's because, you know, we know that the clones we do see in Rebels, which is right on the doorstep of, of original trilogy. And I think they I think they did kind of canonize the whole Nick. Was it Nick Santa that they call it, it was like a, a joke with with Rex in Return of the Jedi as that oh, yeah. guy with the white beard thing. Yeah, yeah that but, guy. but that's, you know, if the inhibitor chip, yeah, like is the kill switch, too, is just, you know, as long as it's in there. Uh, why it wouldn't have affected them but yeah my well it makes you wonder because i mean because timura morrison's supposed to be i mean he's i think he's in his early 60s now but but there was a whole thing like he's playing boba fed and book of boba fed and boba's only supposed to be like in his like early to mid 40s but i think he can pull it off because he doesn't exactly look his age you know mm-hmm. but it's at some point it makes you wonder like you know, you slap a white beard on him, he'll be a great Rex. But I don't know, like, you know, if you have Rex in just around, you know, Rex and Gregor and those guys right around, you know, just a few years before the rebellion, you know, you're talking, what are we at? That, that's like 19, three. Yeah, it's like, two, you know, a little over 20 years since they were cloned or 25 years. So it's like, if right now they're like, I don't know. 30s mid 20s there's something like that you know are are they just kind of aging to the point where like they they're believably like in their 50s or early 60s or something a couple decades later so that's that's my question i don't know how detailed they'll get with it but i haven't seen anything that really suggests that they're gonna keep on that curve and you know look like they're 90 when they're whatever so well who is the one uh old timer clone in uh the clone wars 99. 99 yeah oh yeah. right and he he looked like he was 99 he years did old. i almost wonder if he wasn't you know an experiment to see what happens right. when you let the acceleration go are they super that, accelerated about that. and then yeah. The, yeah and then the inhibitor chip might be preventing the acceleration or causing it or who knows because then yeah there's all yeah. kinds of rational obviously it didn't affect rex and the guys too much because they took theirs out and we saw them in rebels and still strong well it's kind of funny he was clone 99 and they're clone force 99 <laughs> like well, yeah if it hasn't been said before they're named after him mm-hmm. oh is that yes. right yes oh okay oh because he was was he a recognized as a defective clone yeah and that's okay yeah i haven't seen that episode in a couple of years i'll have to go back and watch that i forgot about that yeah he's but it's funny, are they defective? Because Omega made it sound like they weren't defective. They were planned that way. Right, they, were, right. they, they were enhanced for the particular, yeah. Here's if we're going to get any more info on why is Omega significant? Because she's not yeah. just significant because they, she has first generation DNA. Because if that was significant, just go and hire Boba Fett. Right. Because they do that in episode five of the mm. original trilogy something yeah, they, different yeah. about omega and we don't know it does what it seem is. that way because they say you know in, in season one i just did a watch through again and when they're first breaking that out um which which is funny because tex says something about you know like he's talking about her story and he's like i thought it was obvious and like wrecker's like why would that be obvious <laughs> <laughs> like, like what you know but um the, the i think he texts something about or maybe it's Maybe it's Nala Say and her conversations, you know, with the prime minister, but somewhere in there, there's that, that like, um, you know, the original donor's no longer available, right? Because Boba's out doing his thing, but like, but, but, you know, Boba's awesome, but he's not like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, you don't get the impression that he has these specific enhanced abilities or something mm-hmm. like that. Plus, he's always taking naps in the, uh, in the tank. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the flashback to, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I thought that was uh, I am of the fully, acid damage. Yes, yeah, so I think that was. But I am, of course, fully hoping and anticipating here this uh, eventual um, Omega live action, right? You know, 
Because I, I don't know, I, I feel like it makes sense, especially with her, her connection with Hera, her connection with Fennec Shand. Her, you know, there's, there's so many reasons to have her show up later, but it'll be neat because I don't, I don't know how to do it, right? Like, I don't know what the right way to do it would be. It's curious. And it'd have to be, like you said, not till Ahsoka later on yeah. in the timeline, much later. Because there, she's not there yeah. in four, five, and six. So it's like you know, where were they hiding during all of that? Yeah, M- more Purgles shenanigans. Right. <laughs> well, and it makes <laughs> you wonder. It does make me think about the uh, the farm planet that a bunch of clones were hiding on in the now not canon Timothy right. Zahn books. Oh yeah. See, and there was some speculation about you know you of course because you know we're we are having Thrawn, there's unknown regions, there's, there's like, we're going to go out into different parts of space as, as it goes forward. But by the same token, like you guys were saying, just to circle back, like, there's this tension, like, it's, is it really going to be their thing for them to go to a completely uncharted area of space and lay low? Like, that's not going to make Echo happy. Like, are they going to split up? Is Echo going to die? Like, it's just, there's all kinds of interesting questions. Watch you know? for any of them getting more character development. That's the first sign that they'll <laughs> die. <laughs> you know, if you, the second sign is Echo's like, your, your hunter's like, I just want to get a white picket fence. Like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, no, 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 no. That was the, the only, I didn't actually think they were going to kill off Mando in like the third episode of the show or fourth episode of the show in season one. However... They did have me on the edge of my seat there with the whole like, you know, you could settle down here and she's taking his helmet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and it, like his voice gives a little bit, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, that is, by the way, my secret hope is that it's probably a little bit too much. But that somehow Mandalorian ends with Din actually going back to the sanctuary planet to settle down. So all we got to <laughs> see is the ship landing and stepping that. out. That's yeah. how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There it is. Oh, my. I have a. Question for um, you about Rampart. Yeah. I So, did Rampart think the Bad Batch got wiped out on Kamino? Or was he... He knew they were still alive, but he was just officially denying that they were still alive. What do you guys think? Because I, I have a theory here. Yeah. yeah. Crosshair. If Crosshair told Crosshair him they were dead... Told him. <laughs> Or, or like, well, what's going to happen to him? Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know for sure yet that we don't know what happened to Crosshair. Like, did he just go right back to Rampart or is he? But yeah, he's he's on the Empire side. I, and I don't feel like like Rampart. I don't think he would. Just rush to believe Crosshair. He was totally OK with Crosshair dying there, too. You know, so I, I don't know. He when uh, Wilco said, you know, um, what did you say? Clone Force 99. Um, Rampart yeah. did not press him on that. Like, are you sure? How can right. that be? He seemed to kind of take yeah. it in stride, but say, your report's wrong. Almost, yeah. yeah he I wasn't wonder, surprised. Almost like a, you know, like, do you want to try that again and say the right sort of official thing? Like, you know, and, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I'll just get another one of you. Like, there's literally a guy over there who looks just like you. Like, that, that is, like, that disposable attitude is just, yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I, f- I fully expect that we're going to see the demise, like, before the Bad Batch story is done, however many seasons they do, I think we're going to see the demise of Rampart, because I feel like he's in, he's in pretty deep, and I don't expect him, uh, you know, staying in Tarkin's good graces for another 18 years, so, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> I'm I'm worried we're going to see the the answer to the question of why there aren't any clones in the in the original trilogy through mm-hmm. the Bad Batch because it certainly would be an appropriate way to tell that story with you know yeah. sort of the the peak of the cloning program as the focal point of the whole story you know watching or experiencing the erasing of everything that has to do with them you know my fear but i well and and i think it'll be like i've mentioned many times on on the show before that sometimes when there's that 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 challenge in some star wars where like the stakes aren't actually you know high (laughs) you know like where it's it's like they, they build it up but then like everybody's okay and there's not really any sacrifice and and i i wonder 
just to, to clarify, as I always do when I say something along these lines, I don't want any of these characters to die. <laughs> but but I, I kind of feel my gut is telling me that, you know, before their story is over, my guess would be that we will see basically all of the, the sort of grown up batchers, you know, somehow go out in some blaze of glory. Like, I, I think they will not be around for many, many, many more years. But I think Omega's their legacy. I think this, I, I, you know, that's what I think. I think that it makes sense that like she she's the one who carries on their story in a sense. And they sort of simplify things, too, that way. You know, I think it's practical because you can have, you know, I totally think you could have Michelle. Is it Ang or Ang? I don't know how she pronounced it. I want to say it's Ang. It's A-N-G. But but who does the voice for Omega? Because she's actually like 40 years old mm-hmm. and she sounds like she's you know 12 or 13. But I totally could see. I don't know if they would have her do it, but, you know, I I just feel like it's more likely that you'd see like an Omega live action than these guys live action. Because they're so great and d bradley baker like you know he with the voice and everything i just i don't know that you would really i don't know how well it would work you know to be like oh look here's the bad batch live action 10 years later like you know hunter's got like a gut you know <laughs> like cut did when they again when they went like cut loquane with his face like i just love it like he's got the dad bod you know he's starting to lose his hair <laughs> it was like so genius what happens when a clone trooper settles down <laughs> <laughs> Get some bifocals on tech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just like, hang on, let me, you know. It looks like um I was it looks like Steven Tyler on uh American Idol, you know, like this legendary oh, yeah. rocker, but he's he's sitting there judging like looking at his cards. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so oh well I don't know, um is there any anything else from either of these episodes? You know, we're just starting out here. I I've got some announcements I'll share at the end about kind of how we're going to go about the future shows, but anything else you guys want to share or point out before we start to bring it home here? Well, I don't know why it stood out to me, but watching Omega and Echo bringing up the line to uh, bring tech up on top. I found it so fascinating and amazing. The detail and quality of watching how they had Echo using his, prosthetic arm yeah it was just i was like wow <laughs> so cool. yeah you would have to do something different like that and i just i thought that was awesome good Easy tribute detail to anyone miss. who yeah. has had yeah. to suffer through a loss mm. of a limb yeah uh, chris ryan how about you guys i've exhausted all of my theories <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, you know, it's just the appetizer here too. So I think yeah, we're gonna it's gonna open up more as we move forward. But uh, well, um, for sure. well, that is it from us for tonight. Before we uh, do the closeout um, closeout announcements here, I just want to share. I'm just trying to bring up my spreadsheet here. It looks like uh, uh, again, just to reiterate, and those who listened to the uh, last show that we did on. Uh, New Year's resolutions for Star Wars characters. Basically, the the breakdown now and, and dates could be subject to change, obviously, because uh, uh, as of now, it looks like we have the release uh, dates pretty set for the Bad Batch episodes. Um, some are paired up. Most of them are single coming out each week. But basically, our plan here, starting when Mandalorian Season 3 comes out, starting on March 1st, is that we're going to kind of segue, since, since Mandalorian, you know, not to sort of sell Bad Batch short, but Mandalorian does seem to really be, um, you know, the, the kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, it's the, the workhorse, the poster child. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was what Disney plus launched with, you know, and of course all the ratings and everything. I think it seems to be the most popular series in general for a lot of folks. So we are going to kind of, uh, go on a little hiatus about a little over halfway through the Bad Batch's 16 episode season here for season two to shift over to focusing on, uh, Mandalorian for, uh, that run, basically those eight episodes. And then, uh, just a couple of weeks looks like, uh, we'll be, well, that'll take us through like kind of the more or less the end of April or close to the end of April. And then we'll jump back in uh, April and, and through most of May to kind of unpack the remaining episodes of bad batch season two. So basically we're, we're going to be weekly here for almost six months, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, a lot of star Wars content, uh, to go through. So, uh, you know, bad batch for, little over half the season then we'll jump to mando and then we'll come back and and finish bad batch so that's kind of the the road forward so uh just to 
bring it home here. Uh, let us know, please, anyone, if, you know, let us know what you thought of these two episodes, anything else that you want to kind of share. If you want to make fun of me for forgetting like 50 different place and character names on a Star Wars show, go for it. It's it's fun. Uh, I'll do better next time. But you can email us any feedback whatsoever at Star Wars at SQPN.com or visit our Discord community uh, over at SQPN.com slash Discord. Also, as I mentioned before, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you can find us over there. Just look up SQPN. Uh, we want to, uh, at this moment, as always, uh, as we get close to the end of the program, thank our patrons. We can't do this without you guys, and, and it really helps us get the uh, the show out there to more and more people. So Monica K., Samuel M., Susan B., Gregory N., and Jane A., your generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. So uh, you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and we hope that you do that this star quest show is brought to you by tim shevlin's personal fitness training for catholics providing spiritual and physical wellness through personalized nutrition workout and prayer programs and daily accountability check-ins learn more by visiting fitcatholics.com last but not least uh, make sure you follow our youtube channel uh, if uh, you have not subscribed to that please do that also, podcasts over Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts, you can get the show and share with a friend. So while you're sharing with a friend, share with the uh, with them as well the link to our merch store. So sqpn.com slash merch. That is a great place for you to go. If uh, you missed getting someone a nice Christmas gift, you know, you forgot Aunt Millie or somebody and you're like, oh, how could I do that? Um, I don't know if Aunt Millie loves Star Wars and I don't know if you have an Aunt Millie, but if if you do. And she does. Uh, that's a good place to check out. So we will be back next week uh, to unpack Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3. So mark your calendars because you'll definitely not want to miss it. So until next time, Catherine Laffrey, thank you so much for joining us to share the secrets of Star Wars. Thank you. It was fun. Ryan Nafziger, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. And last but not least, Chris Hagen, thank you for your inaugural uh, joining us here as well. So we'll see you again in the future. <laughs> Great fun. Absolutely. And I'm uh, once again, I'm Mike Creamy. Thank you very much for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.